What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the PropG Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of PropG Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome back to the Chris and Joe Show, presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum, and we are continuing yet again our off-season breakdowns, position group by position group. Up next for today, we have the cornerback position, giving you a detailed look at what the previous year's cornerbacks we're doing well and also not doing so well, more specifically that. We're also going to let you know some draft prospects to know and also the top free agents. But before we get into all of that, it is worth acknowledging and hitting on news that became relevant on Monday that Vic Beasley, pass rusher for the Falcons, will not be brought back to Atlanta. So that opens up a window for the Giants, and understandably, we were just discussing this before we started recording, that he underperformed over the past few years since having that big 15-sack season, and he's had a bit of a drop-off and then a, an average year this past year in 2019. It's understandable that the Falcons are choosing to not bring him back, but he is still talented. He still has that capability to play at a top level because we saw it, it's really a matter of how he plays in the right defensive scheme. And like I said, it opens up the win a window for the Giants as another guy that they could look at. And it's all really based on and dependent on what kind of a contract he's going to be looking for and if someone is willing to overpay him, very similar to a bunch of other guys we've talked about, especially Leonard Williams. If no one's willing to overpay him, Hell, he might be a, re a really good option if they can get him for a decent price as a, as a talented and, and relatively underrated pass rusher. Surprising that the Falcons actually just out and out said they will not be bringing him back. They're not going to offer him a, a contract. He was okay, I guess you could say, this year. Eight sacks, eight tackles for a loss, 12 quarterback hits. That's not great production, but he is still young. He's only 27. He is really a fantastic athlete for the for the edge position. He isn't very big, measures, measures just 6'3", 246. But if the Giants are going to be running the, uh, that kind of 3-4, uh, 4-3, multiple hybrid defense, having a guy who can put his hand in the ground, who can rush from a two-point uh, two stance, and is also fast, that is useful to have maybe he isn't the giant the big defense changing acquisition that the giants both want and need but he could be a, a useful piece for the right price yes certainly a useful piece and the the key thing here that you said is the right price because he could 
command a lot of interest in free agency, depending how desperate some teams are. And that's just a situation the Giants don't want to get themselves into, which is overpaying someone that's not really worth the money. We've seen that happen over the past few years, especially with Dave Gettleman. I don't really want to repeat that, but if, if, if he's not getting a ton of attention, maybe you can sign him to a one- to two-year deal. See how it works out. See how it works under Patrick Graham. See if you can revitalize a talented early first-round draft prospect and turn him back into what he's capable of being, which actually fits the mold of the Belichickian approach to building a team. Now, understandably, Joe Judge is not the general manager and doesn't have, we don't know how much say he really has in that aspect of things. But Bill Belichick did have a tendency of trying to bring in guys that were early first rounders or mid to late first rounders, second round guys that had a lot of hype, did not play up to it, brought them in. They figured out how to follow into that scheme and things ended up working out for them. And they essentially, it was the place for guys to revitalize their career. So it could really go with the coaching um, style and approach if if Joe Judge is, is thinking in that sense of trying to go out there and get those first-round talented guys. We're going to hit on the cornerbacks today, and if you recall from this year, it was one of the most frustrating position groups for us to evaluate during the entire season because there were so many young guys out there that were overall inconsistent but look talented at times, but especially in the beginning of the season, we're having a lot of problems. As far as the one thing that Chris and I really, really liked from this unit last year goes back to the youth. You have three young guys, DeAndre Baker, Sam Beal, and Corey Ballantyne. All three of them young guys, essentially in their first years, Sam Beal in his second year, but first year playing, flashed a lot of good stuff. But we're not there 100% of the time. We're not at the consistent, progressive, improving level that we wanted to see. But if they can get to that ceiling that they were showing, it could be a very, very good unit next year. Youth is a good thing, but it's also a little bit of a double-edged sword, especially at the cornerback position, because that position, other than maybe quarterback, probably has the sharpest learning curve of any position on the field just because players at that position are completely reactionary. They can t- they can take the initiative basically fo- in the first instant of a play in press coverage and get their hands on the receiver. But other than that, they really have to be able to react to whatever the offense is doing. So they have to have, you know, really good knowledge of of <clears throat> they have to have really good knowledge of routes route concepts, route combinations, what the offense as a whole is trying to do and how their man fits into it and do that in real time while running backwards is just very not easy to do. So it's really not a surprise that a secondary that basically featured three first-year starters was inconsistent, to say the least. They did show some good things, but then they also did take their steps back and had their bumps in the road and problems. Hopefully they can build on those good things. I also think that the the cornerback position is one of those groups that if you do struggle early on, it's not an indicator that you're going to have a bad career. The, the second year of a corner's career 
tend to be tends to be when you can kind of figure out if they're going to be at that elite, good, consistent starter level. So we have to see if they can take that step up. If those three guys we just named can continue to progress, have a good offseason, have a first full offseason with the New York Giants, and then also under a new head coach and defensive coordinator that is hopefully willing to play to their strengths. I think that the the biggest issue besides communication problems was James Betcher was relatively unwilling to work with what the strengths were of the cornerback group and the defense in general. And that caused a lot of problems. It caused a lot of issues specifically for DeAndre Baker. And once we started to see him get comfortable and do the things that he, he he's comfortable in doing, which is playing press coverage, he was performing better. He was doing much better. In terms of if they can do that and, and with the ex- expectation of what Joe Judge was saying, that we want to bring in coaches and also have the, the coaching philosophy of finding those strengths and working around it instead of being caught up with weaknesses and not being able to do things you want as a coach. If they can hit that, this could be a very, very talented group of corners. I am not sure how much we can look to what the Miami Dolphins did in coverage and kind of play that forward just because I'm not sure how much of that defense was Brian Flores and how much was Patrick Graham. That being said, hopefully the philosophy will be true to what Judge has said and they will try to find the player's strengths and scheme around those. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean playing man coverage across the board. One of the things the Chicago Bears have done that I really liked was mixing man and zone concepts to play to the strengths of their two corners. You know, they would play man coverage for Prince Mukamara, who, as Giant fans know, is not great in off coverage, but he is legitimately good in press man coverage. But then on the other side of the field, they would play zone because that was that fit the strengths of the players over on that side of the field. If the Giants cornerback situation, whatever it winds up looking like, does call for a hybrid coverage, hopefully the Giants will call that. Hopefully they will tailor their defensive scheme to these young guys and really teach to them, not just try to fit them into whatever scheme the Giants decide to run. Now, in terms of what we didn't like, there are obvious qualms with the performance from this corner group. In terms of how they performed, this doesn't just go on the corners, but they allowed 264.1 pass yards per game, and then they were 27th in the NFL in 20-plus yard passing plays allowed with 67. That number sounds about right with the amount of times we saw opposing offenses have huge pickups, long touchdowns, big splash plays that were able to ignite their offenses. And that can be attributed to persistent rookie mistakes, just continuous, persistent things that the rookies were not very comfortable with. And we've already kind of hit on this, is that they had a lot of trouble with communication, more specifically DeAndre Baker, but there were clear instances where guys did not know where they were supposed to be. And partially that can go on coaching, Partially, that can go on the veterans not really helping out in making sure those guys are in the right spot. But rookie mistakes need to be corrected. They need to be completely taken out. This needs to be a smart, intelligent group because there are a lot of things that you have to deal with as a corner in the NFL. Yeah, just just absolutely that. A lot of the problems we saw were due to 
breakdowns in communications. There were times it looked like players didn't even know what coverage they were playing. And I would say this spreads entirely, completely across the back seven, because we also saw the problems with the linebackers. We talked about Alec Ogletree in our last show, well, our last positional show, not the mailbag, but the positional show. And we also saw that with the safeties, which was really not good with a guy as veteran as Antoine Bethéabek. That is something the coaching staff will definitely have to hammer out and get fixed, probably first, just their ability to communicate, have the different players know where they're supposed to be, when they're supposed to be there, just what they're supposed to be doing. If they can do that, if they can get those problems, yeah, if they can get those problems fixed, that would go a long way to fixing a lot of the other problems we saw, such as with those long passing plays given up. A lot of those came when the defense were running blitzes, which that's when you absolutely cannot have communication breakdowns and lapses in coverage. Hopefully, that will be one of the first things this new coaching staff tackles with the secondary. We're going to fill you in next on the offseason game plan as well as free agents and potential draft prospects to know. But before we do that, we're going to take a very short commercial break. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Now, it's very apparent with this corner group that there's not much of a veteran presence. The only really clear veteran on this list that was a, a, a relatively consistent contributor was Grant Haley. But besides that... Don't really see anyone besides the guys we've named, DeAndre Baker, Sam Beal, Corey Ballantyne, that got a ton of playing time. All three of those guys, very, very young and early on in their careers. So the very clear thing that they need to do during the offseason is bring in just one veteran corner. They don't need to go crazy. They have a handful of young, talented guys, but this unit is not perfect. It still has some issues, and they need to bring in a good veteran that can really rally the group and help figure out what the identity of this corner group is. Because if, if it's all young across the board, some of those issues are going to still persist. They need somebody that can take command of the room that is also still talented. That can be very difficult because corners, as we know, are very, very expensive. That does not mean, though, that they can't get somebody good for a decent contract. In terms of those free agent guys that we're paying attention to, the one that has always been talked about since the beginning of the offseason and also during the regular season 
was Byron Jones from the Dallas Cowboys. And right now, the Cowboys have their hands full with a lot of other contracts. They have the cap room to potentially maybe also sign Byron Jones back. But that is a situation to worth worth looking at because they have to worry about signing Amari Cooper and Dak Prescott before they can even get to Byron Jones. That amount of neglect might be enough for him to decide to leave, and he's a talented guy that can play multiple positions in the secondary. He can play corner. On the outside, he can play safety. I believe he was originally drafted as a a, a safety rather than as a corner. So he has that versatility. You can use him in multiple sub packages. I, I, in my opinion, I think Jones would really be that that priority guy to go after in free agency. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. The fact that he is versatile plays to what Graham seems to want to do to be able to mix and match alignments to create matchup problems for the offense. Really make the offense try to find where the defenders are and maybe decipher what the defense is trying to do. The other guys, uh, Ronald Darby, Brashad Breland, they are guys who can be useful pieces, but I'm not sure they could be that kind of top-of-the-market priority guy that you go out and get. The other one who would be right there with Jones is Chris Harris Jr. out of Denver. I believe he's more of a slot guy. He's also a little bit more veteran. He's 30, so he's probably looking for that last payday and perhaps go to a spot where he could contend for a championship before his career is over. So I'm not sure he would be willing to come for the Giant come to the Giants unless it was for a very sizable contract. But his is a name to keep an eye on. The the sad thing for the circumstance of the Giants is right now there's really not much of a corner free agency class. It's not overly talented and very similar to I believe the the linebacker group that we discussed, it's on the older side. Some of the bigger names are well over 32. Giants aren't really looking for somebody that's in that range. You, you're hoping to bring in somebody that you can have for multiple years that could grow and develop and then play into their early 30s at the very end of their contract and then decide what you want to do with them from there. So like we said, Jones kind of fits that mold. He's around 25 same with Ronald Darby uh, Bashad Breeland from the Chiefs who just won a Super Bowl guys like that having that veteran presence are going to be very very key for what they're going to be looking for if they don't sign anyone I think that that would be a complete miss because they again they need some type of a veteran they can't have all second year players being your primary starters at corner in terms of guys though that are worth looking at to be potential rookie contributors. This year's corner class is not that bad. It's relatively deep. There's some good guys in the later rounds. And there has been some speculation that Jeffrey Okuda from Ohio State could be in play at that four spot if they decide they're absolutely in love with Okuda, who a lot of people are saying is one of the most talented Ohio State corners to come out in the past few years, which says a lot considering the amount of guys like Denzel Ward, Marshawn Lattimore that have come out and had good early careers in this league, maybe they decide to say, hey, we're not going to pass up on this guy. We need to take Okuda. He's that talented. He would instantly improve the level of talent in that cornerback room. But if they decide to play it off and, and trade back or they want somebody else, they prioritize somebody else, have a higher grade on somebody else, there are some names 
later on in this in this year's draft too. Yeah, I, I would say that if the Giants decide to go with Akuda, that makes sense because cornerback is definitely absolutely a premier position. It's a position that gets big money in free agency and you need more than one and they can have a real transformative effect on your defense. You know know that when you have a cornerback who can take away one side of the field, who can take away a team's top receiver, that just makes it better and easier for everybody. It gives your pass rush more time to get to the quarterback. It's just that much less stress on the rest of your secondary. So I think there is a very real argument to be made for Akuda to be the Giants pick at fourth overall if he happens to fall to them. And I believe he's really commonly mocked to the Detroit Lions right now. So if he is there, yeah, I could absolutely see the Giants grabbing him. Then I think there's also a couple potential options if they if the Giants do take this make this trade back that we've talked about being a really good idea for them. There's also Christian Fulton out of LSU, another long athletic press man corner. Trevin Diggs out of Alabama, who is, again, long, athletic, kind of a big guy. I think he's listed at 6'2", 207. So that, that's a big corner. I think I think we might have to wait until wait for the scouting combine to get a look at these guys kind of in comparison to each other on the same field to get it to get a better feel of what what scheme each one might fit best in but if the giants do wind up trading back those are some names i think you should be aware of it in the first round we didn't even get a a good chance to see some of these corners during the all-star games because a lot of them are juniors and you partially indicated this but it's important that we talk about corners because even though last year they drafted a ton of them One of them ended up getting moved to safety, which is Julian Love. In the NFL, in the modern-day NFL, you really can't draft too many corners and you can't take too many early. There's literally no negative to doing that. It's not like with the defensive line, which we keep knocking Dave Gettleman for taking too many defensive linemen and, and training for too many defensive linemen. You can't have too many good corners because the more guys you have, the more versatility on defense, the the more things you can do schematically, but also having every single guy being able to go out there and contribute and play well is a huge positive for your unit and your secondary and your defense as a whole. So there's a number of guys that could be in play towards those middle rounds that the Giants are very well going to take a look at. Maybe they choose not to go out of their way to draft somebody in those first two, three rounds, but there are plenty of options for them in the fourth, fifth, sixth, also in that third round range. Uh, I think Troy Pride Jr. from Notre Dame, who had a very good senior bowl week, is somebody that would fit that that conversation of talented guy in that middle round range, could use a little bit more developing. Yeah, I also like Bryce Hall out of Virginia. Good size, actually pretty big for a cornerback, really smart, and has played in a lot of different concepts in in a really very good Virginia secondary. And also Levante Taylor out of Florida State. A little undersized, he'll probably wind up being considered a slot guy at the NFL level, but that's okay. The Giants need a slot corner. They need a slot corner in the worst way. And he's got really quick feet, 
he's just a really good natural cover corner. Even if he doesn't have the speed to turn and run with some of the more athletic outside receivers, he can definitely handle slot duties at the NFL level. And like you said, you can't have too many good corners. No defense in the history of the NFL, at least since the advent of the forward pass, has ever suffered from having too many good cornerbacks. A lot of what modern offenses are trying to do is get that matchup of their third or fourth receiver on the defense's third or fourth cover guy and just have their guy be better than the defense's guy. So if the defense can win that matchup, they're taking pages out of the offense's playbook. All right, that's all we have for you today on today's cornerback offseason breakdown. Be sure to follow us on social media at Big Blue View. You can also follow me at Joe DeLeon. Also follow Chris at Raptor MK. I, I, wherever you're listening to us, be sure to rate and subscribe. Let us know what you think of the show. And if you like it, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you can keep getting updates on our recent episodes. We'll be coming at you next with the safety offseason breakdown. So stay tuned for that. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.